Number 14. Let them be buried. Let them be buried. Now, listen, that is our prayer for day number 40. I had an encounter this morning before I woke up. And in the encounter, it's like my grandmom had passed on over 15 years ago. But in the encounter, I saw that it was like everybody was waiting for me. And then when I, when I got there, they said, we are waiting for you to come and do the funeral service for her to be finally buried. Now, so I went by, I went by and then I went by the casket, and then she had been dead long ago, but she was very fresh inside the casket. And then all of a sudden, as I was watching, I saw that there were many people that were waiting to bury their dead. But they were waiting for me to do the service for my grandma and then they will also carry their own and go and bury. 
So when I came out of the encounter, I was like, Lord, is it that somebody is about to die or what? What is the meaning of this? Because my spirit, but the good news is that my spirit was not troubled. And anytime I have an encounter and my spirit is not troubled, it doesn't mean the negative. It means something else. It means a message. That is how the Lord speaks to me prophetically in some of the times. And so as I was praying, so I began engaging. And the Lord said, there are many things that must be buried in the lives of my people in order for them to get the new but they are still holding on to them and i want you to go and lead my people to bury the past anything that they are holding on to that they must let go anything that they are holding on to that must be buried anything that otherwise as long as it is there they can't see my glory so we want to pray of course the whole of um last week we dealt with altars we have destroyed altars we have muted altars we have pulled down authorities and all that but there are things that if we are still holding on to it can give access to the resuscitation of them altars so we want to pray day number 14 our prayer is that anything that belongs to the dead jesus said let the dead bury their dead say heavenly father as i pray anything that is dead in my life i refuse to resuscitate it and as i pray i bury it as i pray i cover it in the name of jesus lift up your voice and begin to pray day number 14 that is our prayer remember we are still praying and fasting so we have to pray lift up your voice everybody must pray i don't know why somebody will not be able to pray talk to god talk. that is what prayer is talk to god just talk to god the way you can talk to people talk to god if you can talk to human beings talk to god and what you say to god is what i have told you that lord anything that i'm still holding on to any past that i'm holding on to any past that is still connected to me that i must see your glory that is capable of resuscitating dead altars and destroying altars in the mighty name of jesus christ as i pray i bury them lord i do their funeral service now and i bury them i release them into the grave i release them into the grave old mindset old mentality issues in the name of jesus come on somebody pray you want to see the glory of god after these 21 days i don't know about you but i want to see the glory of god and the lord is telling us what to do Anything that must be buried, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we are still holding on to, that we are still keeping, even though it is dead. In the mighty name of Jesus, let it be buried. Let it be buried. Let it be buried. Right now, we release the angels of the Lord to bury them in the name of Jesus. Attitudes, natures, 
association sponsor in the mighty name of Jesus. Certain lifestyle, inhibiting the glory of the Lord, stopping the flow of the glory, stopping the flow of the power. Right now, in the name of Jesus, something significant about it, something significant about it that strikes me. We are praying our second prayer. You know, I love my grandma so much. That's my cousin standing over there, Enoch. I love my grandma so much. Now, in the encounter, I saw that. So, when I went, I held her hand in the casket. And I said, Grandma, I love you. But I have to let you go. We have to bury you. And then, even though she was dead, I saw a smile on her face. You see? And the Lord... So when I came out, the Lord was saying that anything that my people love, which doesn't glorify me, it is time to let it go. That means that is how the Lord speaks to me prophetically in many times. You see, the Lord said, anything that my people love, but must let go so that they will see the glory, lead my people. Everybody was waiting for me to come and do that service for them so that they can all let go. And so I want us to pray. Say, Father, anything I love that does not please you, that does not glorify you, for the sake of your glory, I receive grace to let go. Lift up your voice and pray. Now this year you must see the glory of God. This year I must see the glory. This year we must encounter the glory. The glory dimension. In another way, I can't feel the prayer in the atmosphere. I can't feel the prayer. Now somebody do something about my monitors also for me. Don't think that there is nothing that you, 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 you are holding on to. Don't think that you are... Don't think that.
within your mighty hand. Within your mighty hand. So the hand of us is right. Jesus, day number 14, I receive grace to break off anything that must be broken off, any association, any friendship, any desires, any character, any lifestyle. Right now, as I pray, the grace to break off, the grace to break off, I receive it. Lift up your voice and pray. I know somebody will clap their hands and pray because these are things that we got to deal with. Now that you see the glory of God, let me just come and get them in. Alatonemaya, Brando Shantania Kapa, Rest the Bedebet, Alatonemaya Tebranda, Akon de Bedebet, and the Betadapa, Yabrando Stapa Bedebet, Yabrando Stipa Tebet, Brando Shantania Kapa. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Father, based on the encounter you gave me this morning, I decree and I declare that anything that anybody is holding on to, that we got to let go in order to see your glory. Because these things are filling our hands. So even when you want to pour into our hands, our hands are already full. So we are not able to receive. Lord, some of them we love them 
some of them we have lived with from infancy some of them they have been dreams that we used to dream and it looked like it is a reality now but some way somehow lord we got to let go in order for us to see your glory i pray in jesus name we receive grace we receive grace somebody say amen we receive grace to let go and to bury fully that we must see your glory in the mighty name of jesus and lord above all we pray anything that we can detach detach in jesus name do the detachment in jesus name that is what your grace and your power does that is what your mercy does detach in jesus name and lord let your name be glorified we give you praise we give you glory jesus blessed and mighty name somebody shout me i believe in amen will be still and know let's take our seat After the choir had ministered, it's not just a song, it is a prophetic word for somebody. The Lord told me to tell you that just be still because he's soaring with you. He said, be still because he's soaring with you. Doesn't matter the storms that are around you. Doesn't matter the bellows. He said, be still because he's soaring with you. Only be still. Because he's soaring with you. Hallelujah. I will be still and know you are God. I will be still and know you are God. When the oceans rise and turn. The Lord wants me to sing it to somebody. This is what the Lord is saying. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still and know you, Father. I will be still. alone my home is now here is my life on my stand solid ground firm through the fiercest cloud and storm what 
celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ, the owner and the builder of this beautiful church. Hallelujah. He said, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Any gate of hell that is opened up to suck your joy, to suck your blessings, to suck anything that concerns you in the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that it is shut once and for all. Somebody shout me a believing amen. Right, I want to encourage you, God willing, the whole of this week from tomorrow will be coming in-house. We come prophetic prayers and then we go. There is something about in-house gathering. And um, from last year or so, all our fastings, the last week we gather into Ghana, to Ghana, everything that is still remaining. So put it on your schedule. And then um, in the course of the week, I was like, Lord, so because of the weather and all that, well, and the Lord said, the Lord asked me a very simple question. He said, uh, the weather and all that, will people be going to work? I said, yes. He said, immediately, I didn't ask any more questions. How many of you are coming from work yesterday night? God bless you. Look, look at, oh, raise your hand. You see, yeah. So if we say that because of the weather, we should, we should stop what the Lord had already told us a long time ago. It means that we value material things more than God. Praise the name of Jesus. But we won't do that. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And so as for Holy Hill Chapel, I know some churches, that some of my friends, churches that they said that because of the weather and whatever, whatever Sunday, they won't meet. I was very surprised. I wanted to call them. Find out that the people that you don't want to meet with them, do you know that they are going to work? You see, they will be going to work. So don't do that otherwise. But I just prayed for them. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. What are we talking about? So today, I'm talking about giving the altar a voice. Very simple but very powerful message. And I'm going to be within a very short period of time. And um, um, remember, we are, today is day number 14, right? I've already given you the topic for the prayer, right? You're burying anything that we got to bury. That is all the prayer for this day. Anything that we must bury in order to see the glory of the Lord, we got to bury it. Hallelujah. And so that is our prayer for today based on the encounter that the Lord gave me this morning. Giving the altar a voice. How many of you have been blessed by the series of the, on the altar? I, I believe that it's one very powerful mystery that we every believer ought to know. And so we have come to understand from previous teachings throughout the week that every human or earthly endeavor is sponsored by spirits, right? The spiritual realm controls the physical realm. Anything that you see happening physically has been machinated and orchestrated first of all in the spiritual realm. That is why if you be able to control the spiritual realm, the physical realm is easy. That is why this is the reason why sometimes people go to a place and then they see a little boy, a little girl, eight years, seven years, five years. They said, this boy, this girl is a witch. And people that are 70 years are afraid of that little girl. Why? Because the spiritual is more powerful than the physical. The person may be physically young, but spiritually can, can, can destroy you. So people are afraid of spiritual people. People go to a place, they say that this place is a forbidden place. You don't go there. You go there, you vanish. People are even afraid. Some believers are even afraid. And the reason being that the spiritual always controls the natural. That is why in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens 
before he created the earth. The heavens control the earth. That is why, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be somebody that will take charge on the earth realm, you must be somebody that understands the rules of engagement in the realms of the spirit. When you look through the Bible, everybody that changed ordinances, anybody that changed attitude or changed character, changed nature, changed lifestyle, were people who first of all understood the dimensions of the spiritual. And I pray that you'll be one person in your family, one person in your zip code that understands the, 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 the rules of engagement of the spiritual. And somebody say me, I believe in amen. That is the reason why we fast and we pray. We fast and pray so that we can attain higher spiritual dimensions of power. And so, everything that happens on the earth, that is why people can get healed. That is why there is, Ugo, that is why there is no sickness that cannot be healed. Because anything that, can, anything that has happened physically, if you're able to go into the spiritual realm and turn it off, it will stop. Somebody understanding me? So you take charge of the spiritual realm, the physical realm will respond to you. The demon said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? These are people who understand the spiritual dimension. Now, however, the spiritual cannot invade the earth realm except there is a legal port of entry. Right? I'm summarizing everything for the sake of those who never were privy to hear whatever was said. There cannot be a spiritual invasion of the earth realm. Even though it controls the earth realm, there cannot be a spiritual invasion of the earth realm except there is a port of entry. And that port of entry has to be erected by the earth realm, by humans. Is somebody seeing the coordination? The spiritual controls the natural, okay? Controls the physical. However, the spiritual cannot enter into the natural to control it except there is a legal point of entry. And that legal point of entry cannot come by magic. It has to be erected by a human vessel. And that point of entry is called an altar. So whether it is the devil that wants to operate upon the earth or it is God that wants to operate upon the earth, they both need, spirits need altar. Altar is the point of entry. Altar is the airport. It's the point of entry for spirits upon the earth so that they can now take action. In Genesis chapter 28, reading from verse number 10 all the way to 22, but then we will not read all because we will be using it in the course of time. You see, whether known or unknown, altars have been raised everywhere. Whether known or unknown, people do things. Anybody that has consulted mediums before, anybody that has consulted the dead, there are people sometimes, sometimes in some places, when somebody dies, then they say that we want to find out why this person died. So we want to ask the person. So sometimes they do certain things and then, you know, they do some inside uh, uh, incantations and stuff like that. And apparently, they, they think that it is the dead person that is talking to them through another person telling them that this person or that person killed me. No, 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 no. It is demons. But it becomes, so that is what I was talking about, the, the, the altars of the dead, you know. Yeah, so you may be in the family. You are not part of the. You are not part of those that went there. But they went there. They mentioned names and they said, "Is it this person? Your name was mentioned." 
the death said no, and all that. So altars are raised, you know, unknowingly. And the devil takes advantage of our ignorance. You know, people read horoscope. And then, oh, I am this Virgo, I am veggie, I am what? Tell me some, you know it now. Don't, uh, uh, spicy. Kaifa. Huh? Cancer. Uh-huh. Uh? Libra. Uh-huh. Je- Je- Gemini. Capricorn. Look at the way you are mentioning it nicely on your lips. It is, listen, it is, yeah, 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 I, I know. I, I, but listen, you see the way you are mentioning it nicely. That is how the devil likes. The devil will make it look sweet to you. Very harmless. So you begin to read it, and then it's like it synchronizes with your life. Yeah. When I was growing up, I, I, I used to love that thing a lot. I will always read it and it will be like exactly, sometimes deviate just a little. So any, there, there used to be some a newspaper when I was growing up. It was called PMP, People and Places. Anytime I got PMP, I would buy PMP because of horoscope. I wanted to know what they were saying about me. It was so harmless, but it is a portal. You see, I'm trying to let you know how, how, how ignorantly the devil makes us raise altars. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, they come in and then they are monitoring you by familiar spirit. You may never know. You may think that, oh, I've never gone to the shrine before, voodoo and all those things from Africa. I don't come from Africa. I don't do all those things. You are lying. You have gone for palm reading before. They opened your palm and they were reading it. Demons were introduced through your palm into your spirit. Now they are monitoring you. You will not understand. So every human endeavor. Why am I giving this and saying this? Because every human endeavor is controlled by an altar. It's controlled by an altar. So when you see that certain things are not going well, that means that there is a certain altar that is sponsoring it, especially if it keeps on repeating itself. So what you do is what like we did in the course of the week. And please listen, destroying an altar is not a one-time event. Yeah. If it was a one-time event, then every now and then, people are raising new altars. You see? Every now and then. So every now and then, you got to keep destroying you got to, and then you got to keep raising new altars. Look at the, the, the life of Abraham and Co. They never raised one altar. It wasn't just one altar that they raised. Anytime they had an encounter with God, they would raise an altar. Anytime they had an encounter with God, they would raise an altar. So the purpose of raising an altar is to give God pray, uh, is to give God the authority to invade your affairs so that the affairs of the enemy can be destroyed. Praise the name of Jesus. So, in order for us to excel, we need to raise altars. But altars cannot be raised except any existing contrary negative altar is destroyed first. So, in Deuteronomy chapter 13, and then verse number 1 to 7. Let's be very quick. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1 to 7. If, yeah, he said, if there arise among you a prophet, or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign and a wonder. Is that Deuteronomy chapter 13? And then, okay, verse 2. He said, and the sign and the wonder come to pass. Okay, give me verse number 7 and let me see. Give me verse 7 and let me see. He said, um, okay, start from verse 5. The same Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 5. And that prophet or that dreamer, okay, verse 6. Give me verse 6. Verse 6. If thy brother, thy son, thy mother, 
or thy daughter or thy wife, thy bosom friend, um, oh, let's go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou or thy fathers. Now give me the verse number seven. All right. Now, so he said, namely, of the gods of thy people, of the people which are round about you. Look at that. Nigh unto thee, or far from thee, from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. What shall you do? Verse eight. Verse 8, thou shalt not consent unto him. You see, nor hearken unto him. Neither shalt thou, thy eye have pity on him. Neither shalt thou spare. Now, the Lord was talking about how, how, how much we should not pity even those that entice us to serve other gods. In other words, anytime you see that there is a certain altar that is plaguing people, do not entertain any, even if the person that is talking to you about it, that is why he started talking about father, mother, wife, husband, or don't let, nobody must be able to entice you into another altar other than the altar of God. Because it will become a trap unto you. Praise the name of Jesus. So, when negative altars are destroyed, the next thing that you got to do is to immediately raise another altar unto the Lord. Because if you don't raise another godly altar to replace it, the land will be bare. And when the land is bare, the enemy will multiply immediately. I gave you scriptures on all that. In Exodus chapter 23, from verse 28, Bible says that if the land is bare, the beast of the land will be multiplied against you. You see? Look at that. I will send the hornet before you. You shall drive out all the enemies from before you. Verse 29. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 says that I will not drive them out in one year. Otherwise, the land will become desolate. It will be bare. And the race of the field will multiply against you. So, the Lord wants us to raise altars. Immediately, we destroy evil altars. And the purpose of raising altars is so that God can have authority over that jurisdiction. God did not create us to be without interaction with spirit. So if you eject or evict an evil spirit and you don't replace it with the spirit of God, they will come back. God did not create us to be without interaction with spirit. No, he didn't. So in the book of Judges chapter 6, we know that from verse number 25 to 27, look at 25 to 27, the Lord told Gideon. He said, go and destroy that altar. So it came to pass in that night that the Lord said unto him, take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock, and do what? Of seven years, throw down the altar of Baal that your father has. Cut down the grove that is by it. Look at 26. Can we be very quick? And build, you see. So when you cut down an altar, what you have to do is that you have to build an altar unto the Lord. You can't just destroy an altar and then leave it. You destroy an evil altar. You raise a godly altar. So that when the enemy comes, the place will not be garnished for the enemy. Hallelujah. Now, how do we raise an altar? You can write this thing down. In the Old Testament, they raised altar by putting stones together to elevate the place. So they will put some stones together. They will elevate the place. In Genesis 28 that I quoted, when you read verse number 12, now in verse number 10, Bible says that 
um, Jacob was traveling from Beersheba all the way to Haram. And then he got to a place and then he was very tired and he wanted to take some rest. So he slept actually throughout the night. And then in verse number 12, he had a dream. And behold, there was a ladder. You see, now watch it. There was a ladder set up between the earth and then the heaven. The top reaching the heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending. So it was a portal ascending and descending. The next verse. Verse number 13 says that, And behold, the Lord was standing above it, and the Lord spoke to him whilst he was down there. And the Lord said, I am the God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. Verse 14. Verse 14 says that, And to thy seed. So the blessings, the Lord kept on promoting the blessing. In verse number 18, when the Lord has spoken unto him, in verse 18, Bible says, Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar that is an altar and poured oil on upon the top of it so in the old testament when you read genesis chapter 31 also and then verse number 13 it talked about how again jacob took stones i am the god look at what he said this is when he was returning and god had met him he said i am the god of of bethel what what and where was Bethel? Bethel was where he had that encounter. And then heaven was open. And then he raised an altar. So God said that, I am the God of Bethel. I am the God of that altar that you raised. I am the God of that portal that you opened. And he said, where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get you out of this land. And return into the land of your family. So what he did was that he raised an altar with stones. And all through the Old Testament, altars are raised by stones and then they put sacrifices on in the new testament how do we raise altars in the new testament altars are raised by what we consistently do for the lord and in the lord in the new testament in our dispensation now we won't tell you to go to israel and find two stones and come and raise an altar in your room if you want to do that fine you are following the old testament but in the New Testament, the altars that we raised are not physical stones. Altars, please listen to the words I'm using very well because that is what makes it an altar. Altars are raised by what we do consistently. The word consistently must be block letters, caps, and then underlined because that is what makes it an altar. An altar in the New Testament is raised by what we do consistently for the Lord and in the name of the Lord. Consistently for the Lord and in the name of the Lord. In the book of Psalm 50 and then verse number 5, the Lord said, gather together my saints unto me. Look at what he said. He said, those who have a covenant with me by sacrifice. You see? Now, now the Lord was talking about, now when the thing becomes a covenant when it is consistent. You are dating somebody. And then you keep on dating. You keep on dating. Now, you want to make the thing permanent. You want to make the thing very consistent. So you graduate from it, from just a promise to become a covenant. And it becomes a marriage. So when you keep doing the same thing for the Lord, consistently, 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 it becomes an altar. Acts chapter 10. And then reading from verse number 1 all the way to verse number 4. There was a man. His name was called Cornelius. He was a devout man. 
He feared the Lord with his home. And look at the next verse, verse number four. Verse four says that, verse four says that, uh, sorry, verse, chap, uh, ch- verse three, Acts chapter 10 and then verse three. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, the angel coming down to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, he said, here am I, verse four. And then he said, what is it, Lord? And he said, thy prayers and thy arms, you see, have come up for a memorial before God. He, now, give me the verse number two first. He said that he was a devout man. One that feared God, watch it, with all his house, which gave arms to the people and prayed to God what? And prayed to God what? So his always praying, consistent prayer became an altar before God. Whatever you do for the Lord. That is why Bible said that be not weary. Don't stop it. Because you are raising an altar without knowing. Unfortunately, when people are raising an altar and they get to a point in time, then they throw in the towel. So instead of the thing becoming a covenant, it ceases to become a covenant. Luke chapter 22 verse 28. Jesus told the disciples, the disciples had raised an altar to the point that now in heaven, the columns that the, the, the that the city are built upon, ladies and gentlemen, are upon the 12 disciples. He said, D, you are there which have continued. Continued. You have been consistent with me. They built an altar by staying with Jesus. When everybody will leave, Jesus will ask them. He said, are you also going to leave? He said, to whom shall we go? He said, you have raised an altar. Anything you do consistently. That is why the enemy will always want you to be offended in what you are doing for the Lord. Because it is raising an altar for you. And the good thing about an altar is that it doesn't stay with only you. It is transgenerational. You see, anytime God came into the Bible and he said, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was referring to altars. He was referring, because it is the altar that gives you connectivity to God. Is somebody understanding me? Now, so it is important for us to understand that whatever we do for the Lord, Maybe your service, your prayers, you know, the fasting. We have every Wednesday we fast. That fasting, if you are consistent, it becomes an altar before God. There is a duty that the Lord has given you. You are not offended. You don't leave it just when it is about to become a monument before the Lord. But you kept on. You kept on pushing. You kept on pushing. You kept on pushing. Even when you are offended. Even when everything wants to break you off it. Keep on keeping on. You have come too far to raise an altar to let it go. I tell you. In the New Testament, we don't raise stones. The thing you do consistently. There are some people that have been on their prayer line since we started it. It has become an altar for you. And you see. The thing about the altar is that there are days that your voice cannot speak for you. The altar will speak. Yeah. Many times. Sometimes you come to a place of weakness, a place of vulnerability, and you cannot it is like savings. It is like savings. It is like savings. You don't eat your savings. You wait for the days of rainy season when you can't go to work. And then you now begin to eat the savings. That is what the altar does for us. That is why it is so, it is a, a believer without an altar, you are the most miserable. There is nothing that God can point and say that you have been consistent in this. You have continued in this. Now, the altar 
opens up the portals for us. Now look at look at look at Acts chapter 2. And then can we read verse 42 all the way to verse number 46? Oh my goodness. Whenever you do it, it becomes an opening to invite the heavenly host. So anytime we come on the prayer line, I know that God is there because it has become an altar. Look at that. And the apostles, look at how they raise altars. So you not read in the, in the New Testament that they raise an altar, but you read things like this. And they did what? Oh, help me. I'm preaching with you. And they did what? They continued. They continued. Unabated. Unabated. Unashamedly. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. What happened? Verse number 43. Look at verse 43. He said, and fear came upon every... How can what they are doing bring fear? Because it opened up the spiritual realm to invade them. When you continue without giving up, it becomes an altar. It becomes an altar. Now, very, very, very importantly, very, very, very importantly, when you have an altar, please listen very well to me. When you have an altar, when you have raised an altar, the altar has a mouth. It doesn't have a voice. Amen? Somebody hearing me? The altar has a mouth. It doesn't have a voice. It is what you put on the altar. So, what you do raises an altar. Okay? But what you put on the sacrifice that you put upon that altar, you need to understand what I'm talking about. So, my prayers become an altar. But when the altar is raised, what do I put upon the prayers? So, in Acts chapter 10, and then verse number 4. Look at what gave Cornelius altar a voice. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 4. When he looked, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, your prayers. It has become an altar because he prayed continually. And then he said, and your arms. The arms, the giving that you put upon the prayers. Gave it a voice. Is somebody understanding me? So, your prayer, that is why sometimes people say that, well, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, but I'm not, the prayer has raised an altar, but put a sacrifice upon the altar. It is the sacrifice upon the altar that gives it a voice. Genesis chapter 8, reading from verse number 20, Bible says that Noah had come out of the ark. Now, when Noah came out of the ark, the first thing that he built was an altar unto the Lord. Now, he built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast of the, of every clean fowl and offered it upon the altar. Now, look at what happened. He gave the altar a voice. The next verse says that the Lord smelled the sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, he said, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart will continually be evil. Neither will I smite it again. Verse 22. He said, as long as the earth remains, seed time, harvest, cold, heat, summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. And then look at verse number 1 to 3 of Genesis chapter 9. Because it is the continuation. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1 to 3. Now look at as a result of the sacrifice he put on. And God blessed Noah and his sons. 
said unto them be fruitful multiply replenish the earth subdue it the fear of you and the dread of you be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon every fish of the sea into your hand are they delivered verse 3 every moving tender lives shall be meat for you somebody say it is my portion so altars are raised by what we do consistently but what we put upon the altar called sacrifice. In other words, listen. In other words, you can do the thing consistently. But let it be a sacrifice. Do you get what I'm saying? You can do it consistently. It raises an altar. But put a sacrifice. Every altar needs a sacrifice to give it a voice. Every altar needs a sacrifice to give it a voice. If you raise an altar, there is no sacrifice on it. You have only you have only created a door without a key. It is not opened. It is the sacrifice upon the altar that gives it a voice. What is a sacrifice? You can write this quickly down. A sacrifice is anything precious or costly. Valuable to you. Which you offer to God. Or in the name of the Lord for a change of level. I'll say it again. What is the sacrifice then? Because it is the sacrifice you put upon the altar that makes the altar validated, that makes the altar opened, that speaks to God. It is not just the altar. Anytime altar was raised, something was put upon the altar and it was that thing that was put upon the altar that gave the altar a voice so we are raising an altar with our prayers and fasting but we got to put sacrifice on it what is a sacrifice anything precious or costly or valuable to you which you offer to god or in the name of the lord for a change of level for a change of level and here let me say something there are many people who think that listen there are many people who think that oh uh, and they say it they say it they talk like oh you know well there is nothing we did for salvation after all salvation is free so if god did not let us pay anything for salvation why will god let us do something before he bless us they don't understand the scriptures let me tell you listen what salvation did was that salvation brought us into alignment with the plans and purposes of god but whilst you are being saved what to do in order to inherit the blessings of that alignment is your responsibility it is my risk. That is why Bible said that work out your salvation. The salvation that you have received. Work it out. Do something with it. Work it out with fear and trembling. There is something that you always have to do with the salvation you have received. Many people believe and they preach and they say that, well, nobody did anything. After all, salvation is free. Uh, if, if God gave us Jesus, then, then it means that everything also is free. They are free, but you got to, if I give you food, I have cooked food and I dish you the food and you don't eat it, you'll still be hungry. That is why in the kingdom of God, there are two citizens. We have those that are seeing it and we have those that have entered. John chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. There are those that are seeing it and because they don't want to be responsible. They don't want to take responsibility. 
and they go like well salvation is free so everything also is free everything is free but you must take it bible even salvation that is free you have to receive it to have it there is always something that you have to do praise the name of jesus and so when we talk about sacrifice never let anybody tell you that oh in the in the in, uh, um in the dispensation of grace there is nothing needed there is no sacrifice you will remain without a change of level there is nothing that there is nothing that incites change of level than sacrifice nothing in fact even god when he wanted to save man he first of all sent angels it didn't work he sent the law it didn't work he sent everything he sent the prophet they even killed the prophet and then the lord said what must i do heaven sat down the 24 elders the beast of heaven and the angels this the court of heaven met they said we need to sacrifice the lord did one sacrifice boom over nothing changes level more than sacrifice believe you me holy hill chapel tennessee nothing changes levels more than sacrifice you see that you are at a level there is nothing changing you are at a place there is stagnation engage you have raised an altar put a sacrifice on the altar so that it will give it a voice no one didn't just raise an altar raise an altar put clean beast do you know that it cost Abraham, uh, noah he took two 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 of everything into the ark just 40 days 40 days when are these clean animals going to give birth and then they came out and bible said that he took off the clean beast and sacrificed them he said lord i don't know i don't i may never have it again but if i have to change level then i put it on put it on bible said that god was in heaven he began smelling something when you enter into a covenant of sacrifice with the lord your altar will never be muted your altar can never be muted. Hallelujah. And the most blessing you can ever have in life is for your altar to be talking for you. Yeah, when your altar is talking for you, you don't, you don't have an idea. The forces that are working, but when the altar is talking for you, the, the altar knows what to fight and what to counteract. There are many people with altars, there are no sacrifices on it. Sacrifices are important because they give your altar a voice. In all time, it is an all time game changer. It is an all time. Psalm 126. Let's read from verse number one quickly now. I'll be continuing probably on Wednesday on this teaching. It's so very important. I need to teach about this so that people will understand. Now, look at Psalm 126, reading from verse number 1 all the way to 6. He said that, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. Zion is the church. So they, they, they needed, he said, we were like them that dreamed. Verse 2 says that, and then was our mouth filled with laughter. Our tongues were filled with songs. The people said, the Lord has done it again. How did the Lord do it? Then they said, turn again, O Lord, our captivity. And then verse number four. I'm reading ahead of you. The Lord has done it again. Verse number four. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. And then verse number five. How would the Lord turn again our captivities? When we have raised an altar, they that sow in tears. Are you seeing it? They that sow in tears. Your sacrifice. They shall reap in joy. Many believers don't understand this power called the power of sacrifice. So they pray all right, but they don't see the manifestation. Because there is an altar 
but there is not a sacrifice upon the altar. There is an altar, but there is not a sacrifice upon the altar. Now, what do we sacrifice? When do we sacrifice? Write these quick points down. Number one, anytime you raise a new altar. Like for example, you know that this season of prayers and fasting, it is an altar that we are raising. The moment you see a new season, anytime you raise, sorry, a new altar, as we are engaging in a corporate fast like this, it is a time for you and I to understand that we cannot just raise this altar and leave it alone. It may not speak. Put a sacrifice upon the altar. Put a sacrifice upon the altar. Number two, maybe I can give you a scripture. The scripture I give you over there for the first one is Genesis 28 verse 18 to 22. Just write it. Number two, when do we raise an altar? When, sorry, when do we sacrifice upon the altar? Anytime there is a siege or there is hardship. Yes. When things are difficult, that is when you must engage in sacrifice. Yeah. When you see that things are very tight. Very, very tight. You turn to the right, there is no opening. You turn to the left, there is no opening. You turn backwards, there is no opening. You go forward, there is no opening. Everything is tight. And can that be possible as a child of God? Yes! Yes, many times. Because the enemy is a strategist. Sometimes he takes advantage of your vulnerability. Sometimes he takes advantage of your ignorance. And creates a siege. The way out is not just to... You already have an existing altar because probably you are very prayerful you are serviceable in the house of the lord probably you are that and that and that but put a giving upon it he said lord receive the sacrifice something that you have never done before genesis 26 when you read one down was bible said that there was famine when there was famine bible said that and isaac wanted to go down to abimelech king of egypt in Jera, and the Lord said, Don't go, stay here. So the Lord met him, he raised an altar. The next thing Bible said that he sold in that same year. The Lord appeared to him. He said, Don't go down there, stay here. I shall tell of thee. Dwell in the land that I shall tell of thee. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you. Now look at verse number six. Verse number six says that, and Isaac dwelt there verse number 12 now. So Isaac listened to the Lord. Then Isaac sold in that land. When the man dwelt there, he was consistent. He had raised an altar. But Bible said that he put a seed upon the altar. Anytime you come to a place of siege, a place where there is so much hardship, ladies and gentlemen, engage in a turn around event. The prayer is good, but put a sacrifice upon the prayer. Put a sacrifice. Let there be something costly that you will put upon the prayer. And it will bring a turn around. Number three. When do we sacrifice? Number three. When you need a turn around. I've already said it. And number four. When do you need, sorry, when do you need to sacrifice? When you are starting something new. When you are starting something new. Don't start anything new without a sacrifice. Yeah. The Lord gives you a business. You want to start that business? Start with a sacrifice. Ask LP Hawa, LP Abigail, ask Elder Obudai, ask First Lady. When we started this, uh, this ministry, 
the first few offerings that came, the first few services, nothing went into our coffers. Everything was a sacrifice. Everything. I think our first service, somebody gave a seed of about um, a, a, a thousand or fifteen hundred, and then other offering that came, it all amounted to I think um, two thousand. I think somebody gave a thousand, and then other offerings that came, it amounted to around. 2000 we took everything we didn't even take a cent out of it and sacrifice everything so the ministry you find yourself in is upon an altar that carries a voice hallelujah you are marrying you prepare to marry you enter into you put a sacrifice ahead of it anytime you are starting something new 2024 you are starting something new Put a sacrifice, not just anything, something that will cost you. And the first sacrifice that I'll be talking about is the sacrifice of tithe. It's the sacrifice of your tithe. Many people don't know that tithe is a sacrifice, but it is a sacrifice. The reason why it is a sacrifice is because sometimes when you are taking it out, it costs you. Hello? But the good news is that it is not even your own in the first place. Yeah. Okay, if it is not my own, then, then, then why did the Lord put it in? I've already explained to us that, listen, the reason why God put his own in our own, which is called our tithe, is for our good. Because the earth lies in wickedness. The devil is after you and everything that is around you. The only way whatever is with you will be secured is when God has partnership in it. And how will God have partnership in it? He put his own in your own. Yeah. So anytime you receive, anything you receive, the tenth of it is the Lord's. He has laid claim on it. He said, the tenth is mine. Uh, uh, now, please listen to me. There are people, have you heard that some people say that, oh, the tithe belongs to the Old Testament, it belongs to the law? No. The tithe started before the law. The law started from Moses. Tithe was practiced in Genesis chapter 14. Go with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 to 20. It started with, it started with Abraham, continued with Isaac before, before even Moses and the rest came to know it. Look at that. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, you know, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest. Look at that. He was the priest of the Most High. And then what happened in, verse, in the next verse? Verse 19. And he blessed Abraham. He said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And then verse number 20. Look at verse 20. Blessed be the most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him tithe of all. Moses was nowhere to be found. The tithe did not start from the law. It is not part of the law. The law came to meet the tithe. It is a covenant key. To turn around situations, especially if you have any issue with your finances. I tell you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, write these things about the tithe and I'll end there. Number one, the tithe is the tenth of all that the Lord gives you. So that it secures our own. You can write the scripture. Romans chapter 11 verse 16. He says that if the first fruit is holy, the whole body is holy. In other words, when you give God his own, 
He sanctifies the rest. Number two, it is your partnership premium with God. You have a partnership with God. I have a partnership with God. Anytime we deliver the tithe, which becomes our sacrifice, our first sacrifice upon our altar. So we have prayed. We are fasting. But when we deliver our tithe, premium and you have an accident, you'll be surprised that you have paid it for five years. That day that you missed it, they won't even consider you. Right? And then you'll be like, ah, how I wish I had paid it yesterday. Hallelujah. Now, it is your insurance premium as far as your partnership with God is concerned. Number three, what is the tithe? It is your receipt of proof of God's blessings. Whenever you present the tithe, it is like going to Sam's Club and buying. And then, whilst you are checking out, they say, ma'am, your receipt. And then they begin to scan it. And when they scan it, they say that, yes, now you can go. It is your receipt of proof of what God has given you. Anytime you present your tithe as a sacrifice, it is presented to God as saying that, Lord, what you gave me, this is proof of that I have received it. In other words, let more keep coming. I see the Lord changing our levels in Jesus' name. We are talking about giving the altar a voice. And then, write this final one down. Now, what is the tithe? It is God's portion in your lot to sanctify the rest. It is God's portion in your lot to sanctify the rest. I'm going to continue from this on Wednesday because of our time. But remember, the whole of this week, it is going to be very intense prophetic ministration, prayers, and all that. We come from seven, seven, nine, seven, nine, seven, nine. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. I want to pray that the Lord will give your altar a voice. The prayers and fasting have raised an altar. But listen, and on Sunday, on this coming Sunday, I will preach a message about sacrifice again i'll continue i mean i'll do the the next portion of it and i want you to prepare yourself there is something that the lord will lay on your heart don't finish this prayers and fasting without a sacrifice i want you prepare you prepare the lord will talk to you in the course of the week please listen very well there must be a turnaround my duty is to teach you the truth your duty and my duty is to obey the truth that we have received. There are many people who have the truth, but they don't operate with the truth. Jesus, I mean, James said that it is not the one that looks into the perfect law of liberty, but the one that continues in it that will be blessed. So I want you to prepare from now to next week Sunday. You want to prepare a seed for the Lord. He said that, Lord, this is my covenant seed upon the altar of 21 days of prayers and fasting. Well, we are finishing the fasting next week, Sunday. You prepare it, and then you bring it, and then you put it upon the altar, and then see what will happen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. I told you that it's a short message. Father, we are grateful for the revelation of your word. And I ask, oh Lord, in Jesus' name, that you empower us to put a sacrifice upon the altar to give it a voice in jesus blessed and mighty name amen the lord bless you the lord keep you i want you to lift up an offering unto the lord will not be taking communion first service after second service those that will be breaking will take it and then those that will be breaking later on will also take their communion later after first service we are still a luta continua 
We are still fasting. Father, we thank you for the grace to tithe and to also give. Please bless our seed and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Please drop it in. God richly bless you. Those that are here, if today is your first time, let me see your hand up. First time. Okay, but I'll introduce you during second service. After second service, God bless you. I'll, I'll introduce you during second service, okay? We, we thank God for your life so much. All right, shall we be on our feet? The Lord bless and keep us, say amen. The Lord empower us and strengthen us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and give us his peace. This week, watch it. This week, this week, you will run and not be weary. This week, you'll be elevated. And this week, the Lord will sponsor you. Let's share the grace of God together. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. With long life, full of prosperity and sound health shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.